This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. As the rain fell to mask our disappointment at last weekend's typical defeat at the hands of Harrogate, we thought our chances were slim. But thanks to a very late crew penalty last night, the Stags have not one but three mathematical opportunities to finish in the playoffs after all. But being mathematical equations means it's not just as simple as winning. Plus men need to rely on one other team losing. Draws will not be enough whilst they themselves need to score X amount of goals dependent on which team slips up to match in this order, goal difference, goal scored, and then head-to-head. Let's not even think about that with Salford. Tonight we'll delve into all of that as we ditch the virtual world for my back room to recap another horrible afternoon against Harrogate, end-of-season awards, belief, and much, much more in between. As always, your comments, questions, opinions, and observations are welcomed and valued in the live feed so make sure you get them in and have your say on your team. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network and hoping that miracles do happen. Hawks, laps, we're looking at you too. And we are quite literally looking at Hawkins and Lapsley because we've got him in the room with us, thanks to Nick, who's uh, who's come back for for us tonight. Welcome, hello, and welcome to the Fansville Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. The first time in a long time that we've actually been in the room together. I think it's actually the first time that we've done it at this house. I fully intended when I moved here to do this more regularly, but we've just done it online. But tonight I've got us all in the room. So let's say hello and welcome to Mr. Alan Wilson, the man of the awards. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Let's say hello and welcome to Mr. Clive Parkin, who is the reason why we're 15 minutes late. And I thought I was 15 minutes early. <laughs> but, but good evening, everybody. Just depends which side of the bench you sit on. And a warm welcome back to not only the Mansfield Matters podcast, but this estate. Welcome back to your old haunts. It's Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame. Thank you very much, Craig. Back by reasonably popular demand, I think. Yes, re- yeah, very. Averagely. Averagly, reasonably 
yeah, something like that. Uh, as always, we invite you guys at home to have your say on your team in the live feed. Uh, so please do come and join us and uh, have your say on your team as we talk all things Mansfield Town. Well, let's start. Before we delve into maths, because I'm going to let you behind the scenes, we've got a little table in front of us here at Mansfield Matters headquarters where we've got the drinks all in various Mansfield Matters mugs from down the years. We've got biscuits, which everyone's brought uh, to, to join in with. And then we've got various bits of paper League table printouts, playoff dates, podcast predictions tables, permutations. We're going to delve into all of that later on, but we need to start by um, talking all about Horrogate. Yes, Horrogate, not Harrogate, Horrogate. Nick, let's start by looking back on Saturday. Typical Mansfield fashion, wasn't it? You know, we needed to win to sort of keep ourselves in the mix. And whilst we still have a chance as it stands going into the final day, we'd have been a lot happier walking away from one course stadium at 5pm with a win under our belt rather than that. Yeah, it was it was poor, wasn't it? I think you, I think I summed it up halfway through. It, it, if you'd have asked which team needed to win to get into the playoffs and which team were comfortably sat near the bottom of the table, I think you'd have been hard pressed to work out which one was which. Um, we we just didn't go for it, did we? We weren't ruthless enough. We didn't go for it. They were a reasonably average side who, would, you know, we'd have scored early doors. I think that would have been the game done. But we we made it very difficult. With the own goal was very unlucky. I don't think you can really moan at that. But we were just very poor after that. And I think the team selection and a few things around um, formation didn't help. But yeah, I, we just didn't go for it. And then we just needed to come out of the traps and a home crowd and just go for it. And unfortunately, we didn't, did we? Clive, one of the things we sort of said last week was that the hardest team to play against is those who have got nothing to play for in terms of league position, those who are playing for the contracts and playing for the futures. And that's exactly what we faced in Harrogate. Yeah, they arrived with no fear. Um, they got a reputation of beating us anyway. And um, they met a knackered side on the day. Um, and that killed Gore, that own goal. I mean, he's rubbish. Why we signed him, I no idea. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, we uh, we still won on injuries. I don't quite think you get points in the league table for that, because if you did, we'd have been promoted in <laughs> December. <laughs> I think it was frustrating to, to watch as well. And I think, you know, like we were saying last week, they are going to throw the bodies on the line. And that's exactly what we saw. We, we're thinking when that goal goes in early doors and we, we get the lead, you know, this could be our moment, this could be our afternoon. And then, you know, it all just sort of goes uh, badly wrong. But I think we were maybe a little bit rocked by the news about Elliot Hewitt, weren't we? Which obviously came after the game, but we knew that he was missing for, for Saturday anyway. And, you know, we were saying last week, without Hewitt, we just simply can't do it. Yeah, somebody said, without Hewitt, you blew it. <laughs> I thought that was quite good, that one. But, uh, yeah, really poor first half. You know, they didn't come out the traps, like Nick said. Second half was a lot better. It was Alamo, you know, chucking everything at it. But things didn't fall for us. You know, like we know that. We're all there. We saw it. And also, like you said, the bodies on the line. It was unbelievable the way they were chucking themselves in front of the ball. You know, and it worked. Simple as. Yeah. We just weren't quite good enough on the night. And the worst, on thing, the, afternoon. the worst thing came afterwards, Clive, when we got the, the news about Elliot Hewitt. Rumoured to be out until next uh, next year. So Ooh. we're looking at least January, February time. And even then, by the time he gets himself ready to be in a state where he can come back and play, are we ever going to see the same Elliot Hewitt? It's a difficult one to call. I mean, he's a young, fit bloke. He's been our best player on merit. Um He's injured. He's one of the worst injuries a professional footballer can have. 
and how you come out the other end depends on how you looked after during that period of time. But he's out until February. So I don't expect to see anything of him competitively next year at all. So we have to buy. And I will say this, and I'm not here to have a go at Clough, because Clough's had to work with what he's got, but <clears throat> the um, the fact that he played on the wrong side of the field, I think, brought the likelihood of him getting injured greater, because he was having to try and deal in deal with situations in an unnatural way. And on the right hand, if he'd been playing on the right hand side, he certainly would have been inj- wouldn't have been injured because he wouldn't have been in that position. But I think also he would have found we would have found the team playing a bit more aggressively. Um, so I am critical of Clough playing him in that left-back position. I understand why he's done it, but I think that you've got um, the the lad who played right-back, Johnson. Johnson. I understand he can play left. I would have sooner taken fewer risks by putting him in that position. But what do I know? You know, At the end of the day, Clough is paid to make those decisions, and he made that decision. I didn't agree with it, and I think, with the benefit of hindsight, if he'd done it my way, he would have still have had you it next week. It's a difficult one to ponder, Nick, isn't it? Because he's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't. But all things considered, you do have to question whether or not where all these injuries are, are piling up from and whether or not these factors have been led by those in the dugout. Yeah, I think there's a <clears throat> there's a combination. I think you've... We've got to look at somewhere, some of the training. There has to be some link between training injuries. Because I know we get a lot during the game, but they all seem to be contact. Even the ones in training seem to be contact injuries um, rather than muscle. Um, and, and a lot of the time we've been playing players who are tired. That comes down to, as Clive was talking about, we you know we can look at playing players out of position, bringing players back when they shouldn't come back. Macker is a perfect example. We, we didn't do that with him once. We did it twice. Um, and I think that general small squad has made it worse because players were playing when they shouldn't have. Uh, but left back, I think we've, like Clive said, you could have played Johnson. We had Wallace. We've got Law. You had Bowery. All those. You had three left backs who could have been on the bench who could have all played left back. Um, and I think Clough has got some explaining to do. Whether he gets asked the right questions, I don't know. But in terms of why he's played players in certain positions at certain points of the season and why players have been rushed back when seemingly they didn't need to be. I think Clough, you know, we'll, we'll have the conversation probably next week when it's the end of the season review about his future and, and things like that. I know he's probably in talks for um, his next contract, etc. But it has been an unfortunate common theme, Alan, of Clough's tenure, the stubbornness, because I think Nick makes the, the perfect point there that he had three other options. Whether or not they were the strongest candidate to play left-back or not remains to be seen. But in terms of protecting the the minute nature of that squad, those decisions have ultimately proved costly. I think the biggest one for me is the McLaughlin, McLaughlin one, because that could potentially be also his, his career done, considering his age. I'm going to say he was uh, <clears throat> limping. Uh, he'd got, you know, the full knee brace on the last time I saw him. But, you know, for I'm not going to say, you know, Nigel should be doing it. I'm not saying he shouldn't be doing it. And I'm not going to sit on the fence, but we don't see what happens day to day, do we? Mm. That's the only thing I can say, because I agree with Clive. If uh, the Johnson lad, uh, Callum Johnson, is it? Yeah. If he can play left back, I would have sooner him played left back because I like Elliot Hewitt at right back. To be honest, you know, I'd, because... rather, I'd, have, I'd have rather have played Danny Johnson left back <laughs> than Elliot Hewitt to keep him because, on the right Because, you know, it's been quality all season down the right. But, you know, for whatever reason, he probably thinks Elliot 
you know, being the player of the season, it can do a job. It can do a very good job, which he did, to be fair to him. But I also thought on Saturday, I thought personally, in my opinion, that was Callum Johnson's best game yeah. for the Stags. I thought he had a good game Saturday. Yeah, it's a tough one to, to, to ponder, isn't it? Because when you do lose Hewitt down that right-hand side, you do want someone to come in and replace him. But it's that thing of... If he's fit and available, as he was yeah. when he got injured, you, you leave him there. You don't move him to accommodate someone else. It's vice versa. It's the wrong way round. Of you know, it's like building a house from the top up, from the roof up, from the roof downwards, isn't it? Rather than trying to build it from the foundations. Yeah, I would Never agree. I would agree to a certain extent. But like I said, we don't see what happens day to day. He's obviously got his reasons for putting him there, and you know that some of those reasons we'll probably never know. Keep your comments coming in. Have your say on your team. Don't let it just be us uh, us four chatting away here at uh, HQ tonight. Marie's been in touch and says, I hope they don't try to rush Hewitt back too soon. He'll be a massive loss to us, but it's a huge injury and extensive rehab. You can't speed up the healing process no matter who you are. And Tracy says, I hope the biscuits are half decent. Not half, Tracy. Decent selection. We've got Fox's Golden Crunch Creams, Custard Creams and uh, Co-op Bakery Millionaire Shortbread Bikes. Jolly good work. I like it. Good, excellent selection. Let's have the biscuit jingle. <laughs> One thing I can say, though, Craig, is that Elliot Hewitt, I've got it on good authority, is the fittest lad in that changing room. Was. So that... Well, <laughs> yeah, but it probably is, probably still is, Clive. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's a good note, that is, to, you know, because he'll, he'll be okay. I, I'm confident he'll be okay. Quick snap, Paul. Elliot Hewitt playing on crutches at right back or Lucas Aikens at right back. <laughs> that's, that's where Fluff will go to next, isn't it? Yeah. So, he won't be playing. So there we go. Um, obviously, Al, you saw him on, on Saturday because you were doing all the um, end of season awards. Was the half part of you which was tempted to make him go back and hobble over to the group every time you were going, and the winner is Elliot no, Hewitt? Well, I, as soon as we got there, obviously we saw the stage and the stage so high and I thought well I mean put... on I mean on the pitch on Saturday Night Awards night oh sorry yeah. oh sorry on the pitch no because yeah. I thought they were just going to bring him out in some sort of chair you know like a wheelchair <laughs> or something <laughs> wheelie back lads bless come him. on wheelie back because he'd got wheelie all back. The... <laughs> I'd looked at my script and I knew he'd got all the awards so we needed somebody to help him back with all because he were on the crutches but... Mez, apparently Mez wouldn't lend him a wheelbarrow oh right <laughs> But fair play to him, you know, he came out and deservedly won all the awards. It did. It was quite funny because, uh, like, every time you were rattling through it, it was just like, guess who it is? <laughs> and I'm, you, you left, on the last one, you left a pause. And I said to the guy next to me, I said, I went, Kieran Wallace, Kieran Wallace, Kieran Wallace, Kieran Wallace, come on, please be Kieran Wallace. Because we had a little bet, didn't we, before. Yeah, before. Yeah. I'm disappointed yeah. you didn't take it up because Nathan had the check ready to go. Yeah, well, this is it. Can I just say that it's the curse of the player of the year, this, isn't it? it Two is. years on the trot. Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good point, that, Nick, isn't it? Stephen McLaughlin. Yeah, last, McMacca last, last season, right? yeah. Elliot, yeah. you it this time, right? Next year, can Danny Johnson, I mean... <laughs> Phil, he might not be here to receive that <laughs> particular I award. I suspect Danny here. Johnson's playing days at Phil Miller over. <laughs> it's, well, if you could argue they ever began. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. Uh, let's go uh, back and uh, talk a little bit more about Harrogate. Keep your comments um, coming in. Have your say on your team. Um, it, I, I don't know what the, mis- the most frustrating thing of the the afternoon was for me, Nick. I, I can't put my hand on whether it was um, the own goal, the tiredness. Or just the fact that Harrogate, with nothing to play for in terms of league position, had arguably the game of their season. 
I think it's probably a combination of all three, isn't it? Yeah, it, 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 I mean, Harrogate, it does it every time, but every time we play them, it's the same. I, I think it was, we played them six times, lost five, drawn once before Saturday. Yeah. Um, and I'm not normally a big believer in bogey teams, but it seems to, they seem to be ours, if anybody Them's certainly Sutton, does. Them and Sutton, isn't it? Them used to be Yeovil when they used to beat us every time at home. Uh, the annoying thing for me really was the, the fact that we just had the one up front. And I think it looked really obvious for me that we needed to change and we needed two up front just to get the, the ball was kept coming back. We kept clearing it up front and then it kept coming back. Um, we tried swapping Oates and Aikens around. Again, didn't really work. Um, and I think we then in the second half changed to the formation that we played last season, the sort of 4-4-2 diamond formation. And I thought we looked infinitely better in the second half because the ball didn't come back, but it's sort of it's too late. Teams like Harrogate, if you give them a goal lead, um, alone a you know a two goal lead, uh, they'll they will just sit back and they were going down. They were getting injured. The goalkeeper was taking twenty minutes. They're just the sort of team that you don't want to go one nil down to because you just know what's going to happen. And that that ultimately is what happened. But the players just really tired, aren't they? But that kind of then is even more frustrating when we I know we made four substitutions this game, but there's been other games like Grimsby, which was what two three weeks ago where we didn't make any changes till right near the end. So. There's a lot of frustration. I think you can see the players are really tired. It is a bit of an exceptional season with the World Cup. We kind of forget that that was lobbed in there at one point as well. Um, that didn't affect us though, did it really? Not really, but it does, it does kind of... It seems like throughout the whole pyramid, players just look very leggy and tired until they play Mansfield, of course, and then yeah, they don't. Um, like Leighton Orient looked leggy and tired after they played us, but not while they were playing us. They, they, don't look leggy, they don't look leggy and tired on Saturday. Could do with them being... You know, on the game on They Saturday. won't be there, will they? No. Well, they've had a three-day break, haven't they? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Well, they've they had nine days a... between fixtures as well, which yeah, is they a they went bit on unique. a announced three-day break, so they should have been... got all that out of the system. I would imagine they'll get the trophy, cup, whatever it is you get, you know, on the day. Everybody will be euphoric, get it sorted. They had a 90-minute break. break at Mansfield, didn't they, a couple yeah. of weeks ago? That really wasn't yeah. very testing for them, was it? Yeah. But you know, then they won. <laughs> Yeah. Harrogate did what Harrogate does. It's got this tall back line that with anything coming at them in the air, they were winning easily. And we didn't have that burst of pace anywhere to get past them. And that's so, what we're lacking. Massively. It is, and that's the, that's the difference. And I have to say, and I, this is a positive thing, we finish eighth with an outside chance of finishing seventh um, with a team that's absolutely wrecked in terms of availability of fit players. And I think that is commendable under the circumstances. Whatever our view is about selectivity, about the about the, the strategy, about the formations, about Clough's attitude, or whatever they are, the fact is it's not been a terrible season. And a lot of fans don't seem to, to realise that. And all, all I would say is, ask yourself this. Would you rather be watching your home games at Hartlepool and at uh, Rochdale or moan about being in League 2 again next season with Mansfield? And I think next year, I do think Clough will be, will be on board for next season. Um, and he'll have two more windows. And that's the acid test as far as I can see. Yeah, it will be a big summer if uh, if he does stay on. We'll talk about that, of course, more in the end of season review, which will probably be this time next week. But you never know because miracles sometimes do happen. Who'd have seen, Frank, who'd, who'd have thought, you know, that going into the last day of last season, that Bristol Rovers would have finished third and put seven past Scunthorpe or whatever. So... Uh, there you go. Uh, Simon in the comments says, players looked very leggy. It wasn't until the second half with the subs that brought some energy onto the pitch. Now, this is, for me, where the frustration sort of sets in a little bit, Alan, because I understand on one hand that you want to try and protect those players that are coming back from injury and who can only maybe give you 45, 50, 60 minutes. 
But on the other hand, you've got at this point three games in the season, uh, two games in the season to go, and it's all or nothing. You need to win. They made a huge difference when they came on. The likes of Ollie Clark um, really lifted us. He was the the player. His shirt wasn't amber when he went off the the pitch. It was ditched black brown, wasn't it? In, in caked in mud. That would be a great one for your collection. Um, but you know, I, I get resting them and, and easing them back in in October, November. But with two games to go. Why did he not start those players and then just do the opposite and drag them off after 60, 70? Because surely at that point, if he starts them and we start with the energy which we saw in the second half, we get the advantage. Then we've got something to defend and then adrenaline kicks in. Again, it's house built from the roof downwards again. It did, like I said before, Craig, we're never going to know the answer to that, aren't we? Nigel does what Nigel wants to do. It's as simple as that in the end. But did it make a difference when they all came on? Look, they, they absolutely looked at, I know, four different players, obviously, but they did look a different team. That they did. I guess and, it's that lack of adventure that most fans criticise the manager for. Um, I know he's had to work with a very difficult circumstances, and most of which are outside his control. But as, we prove, as he proved, if you just put those fresh legs on earlier, even if it was only for a period of the game, the outcome may well have been different. We won't, we won't know. It's conjecture at the end of the day. But, you know, I'm, I'm at the situation now where we've got one game to go. We should just throw ourselves at it. We're well supported down at Colchester on, mm. uh, on Monday. In fact, it's ironic, isn't it? Immediately after the Harrogate game, people were trying to sell their Colchester tickets. And now they're, trying to buy and now they're clamouring for coach <laughs> seats to go to Colchester. Um, that's Mansfield fans for you. But we'll, there'll be over a thousand of us there on, uh, on Monday. And it'll be a bit of fun. And I think we should go for it. If, we, if by mir- any form of miracle we can find ourselves three or four goals up, my God, what are we going to do? I don't know. I, I should have to sit down somewhere. The answer's clear, <laughs> isn't it, Nick? Start Kieran Wallace. Up front. Yeah. I've, I have said numerous times on this podcast since January that Kieran Wallace will get us promoted. Right? <laughs> there is still hope. Right, imagine this. It's the, the 90th minute or whatever. Bradford, they are, they are losing... Um, they're losing 1-0, right? No, they're losing 2-0, right? So we need just one goal to go level on goal difference and get above them on goal scored. We're drawing 0-0. They've lost 1-0. It's extra time. In comes the corner. It's headed away. And there, Wallace, bang, top corner. Wallace's whopper. Of his, of his own playoffs. net. <laughs> yeah. See, this, is where we, this is where we desperately get, need heart again. <laughs> Can somebody just get Craig a bit of a nudge? He's, he's drift, drifting off again. <laughs> excited, bless him. If you're going to be, if you're going to be radical, Listen, I think you, slag, you lot have slagged me off all year for being no. pessimistic. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic now. Let's go, galvanise. Yeah, right. Are you taking the bell with you? <laughs> yes. I'm going to take the bell with me. Can I just say that I think we Monday is a Christmas throwing anything we've got at it. I'd put Abdullah on the bench and run out. I don't think anyone would moan if we went for it and were 2 0 down. I'd rather finish 100%. 
play like Kilgore up front for flick on. Just get sit Wallace, just sit Wallace and Purchase and back. Two slowies, that's all we need. Just just like buffers. I've got this right, Nigel. If you're watching, right, this is what you, you yeah, do. You reckon what, he is, he's always watching this. You never know, right? You never know who's watching. Stranger things have happened. Listen, there was a time earlier in this. What I'm saying is that uh, you can know, I just say that we are we do have regular viewers from uh, Portugal. I'm saying no more and yet than he's that. Still in a job. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> keep it going, keep it coming in. Um, we're just going to switch microphones because these sound a little bit dodgy. I don't quite know what's going on. Oh, I know what's happening. My internet cable has uh, come out. That's fun, isn't it? Um, bear with us two seconds. Let me just change this. Uh, and then uh, that should sound better in a second. Um, there we go. Hopefully that's better for you all um, at home. I'll listen to it in a second because it's a couple of minutes uh, behind. Uh, let's go back to some comments. Um... And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Hopefully that we're not coming through like Daleks anymore. No idea what happens. Why is it that um, as soon the, the, the one time that we decide to do it all in the room together, we have technical problems. Never have this when we're, we're virtual, although, you know, Alan is always like two weeks behind. But it's, it's funny. I don't know what happens. But welcome back. Get your comments coming in. Hopefully you can uh, hear us okay. I've got the phone, but I can't put it in my ear because it's about 20 seconds behind. So it's very confusing to listen to yourself and then listen to yourself talking. So hello me in 20 seconds time. Anyway, um, Alan, uh, let's go back to, to where we were. What were we talking about? I think it's we were talking about cluffed contract. I think... Um, Crosby must be outside somewhere with a signal scrambler. I would definitely give Nigel another contract, without a doubt. Because he did he did it at Burton. He's done it at various other places where he's done reasonably well at other places. He certainly uh, lived up to the dream at Burton. And I, I don't see any reason, in my opinion, why he can't do the same here. Right, you're coming through now, loud and clear. Nick, talk to me about shirts. Talk to you about shares. <laughs> what, in 20 seconds' time? Yeah, in 20 seconds' time. Um, yeah, if much. I was to, to follow on from Alan, I, I, I think I do want him to stay because I genuinely don't. I think he's one of those managers. You give him five years and he'll get you to where you need to get to. No doubt. And I'm not really bothered how we get there, to be honest. Um, but I just wish he'd be a little bit less stubborn, a bit more open. Um, someone definitely told him in January that you need to play a little bit more attacking and we would have lost that five at the back, Malarkey. Um, but I just wish he'd just be a little bit more adventurous because we've. 
we don't need to fear anyone in this league. And it's very often we set up to nullify, to to like not almost not get beat. When as actually, when you look at the players we've got, we're good enough to beat anyone in this league. And I've not seen anyone apart from maybe Salford who have gone, wow, they're good. You know, every team we've played, I've thought we could beat them. We could beat them. Um, so yeah, I would keep him. I just think just get him out of his shell a little bit more, a bit more exciting. Get right. Clive off his seat. Yeah, well, let's see if Clive is still awake in his seat and, and let's let's hear from him. Yeah, shirts. I think the the blue one's my favourite, I have to say. No, going back to Mr. Clough, I think, you know, in defence of the lad, because I, I think he gets plenty of stick, and that's the, that's the price you pay for being in that position, I mean, is that we are second highest goal scorers in this league without a striker. So everything's not wrong. But, of course, we've shipped important goals. At times, we could ill afford it. But do stats like that win your promotion? No. But that's what he, he comes out with all the time. We're, we're second highest goal scorers. We've had this amount of shots. We've had this amount. Well, Stats don't get you anywhere. Well, it's because he's nearly always on the defensive when he's being interviewed. And he doesn't like telling questions. We, we know he, the people that do most of the interviewing are, are warned away from anything too probing. And I think we, uh, the, if I'm critical of him and the football club in general, is I don't think they communicate very well and very honestly with the fans. And I think that would be something I'd urge them to improve going forward. I don't think Clough should be changed. If he wants to, if he wants to sign another contract, I think we should do that. Who out there is any better than him? Anybody coming in is going to start again from scratch. I think there, are, there are the, the investment that Clough has used in the time he's been here isn't all wasted. We've got a, a core of a team which is certainly capable of winning this league. We need a few astute signings, new people, and to replace the, the Crocs. Um, in in the summer, and that's going to be an interesting time. No excuses this year. We haven't got. It's unlikely we've got a Wembley visit to to get in the way of doing the summer activity this year, and therefore we should have better a better opportunity to recruit, and we should have a better opportunity to pre, to pre season. Both of which we didn't do last year. More on that this time next week in the end of season review. Alan, um, of course. The lovely public of Mansfield uh, got their hands in the pockets recently and paid £99 a ticket to uh, to see you do your star turn on Monday at the awards night. Tell us all about it and uh, and how the evening went. It was a very enjoyable evening, Craig. Thoroughly enjoyed doing it. Uh, Mark Stevenson asked me today if I was available. I certainly said yes, and it was a, a really good night. You know, Elliot won most of the awards. Now... Did, did they put in a special ramp for him or, or anything? Or no, did, did no. Keep... All all he did, he came onto the uh, dance floor. You know, obviously where the just below the stage. But I said to all the people that were doing the awards for him, you know, can you just kindly step down? But to be fair to Elliot, he said he could because he was just on one crutch on Monday night. He'd only got one crutch, and he said I can get right, up he's there. Fit says, he's fit for Monday. That's it. <laughs> I says, That's so, plain, no, don't it? bother. You know, and we he got all the awards apart from two. There was the director's award, which was two, which was Elliot Hewitt and also Lucas Aikins, and also the player of the season from John and Carolyn and Rima Faz restaurant, Foisel Chowdhury. They picked uh, Stephen Quinn for the end one, and it was just a thoroughly enjoyable night. Yeah, um, well, that's, that's great. I mean, I, I do have questions like who carried all Hewitt's awards? Did he get like a special backpack to put them in? Um, <laughs> no, he carried them back. With was him there himself. any point of him sitting down? Because there's a good spiel, there's a good five, ten minute spiel in there between each award. So <laughs> yeah. I can just picture it now. It's right. Right. So do you, I'll pretend to be Elliot Hewitt, right? Go and do Elliot Hewitt with player of the season. Go on. And ladies and gentlemen, the player of the season award goes to Elliot Hewitt. 
I'll be there in a minute, lads. I'll be there in a minute. I'm on my way. It was quite sharp with that one crutch, let me tell you. There were rumours. Right, were... I'll get me a ward. Uh, right, I'm going back now, right? Wait till I sit down and then... Sit. Spiel, 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 I think, spiel, I think spiel. you were very kind, Alan, to try and avoid going to keep jumping up and down on the stage. Yeah. I thought it was very yeah. good of you. Having said that, by all accounts, Carolyn was doing enough jumping up and down on the stage, wasn't she? It was a good evening. Were they going to give the awards it? to... Um, Christy Pym was going to carry a Hewitt's Awards, but he kept he dropping them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Punchlines there, punchlines there. Uh, we will have our player of the season there award and stuff. No doubt, all you lot about the vote for Elliot Hewitt, but we'll have some other awards as well, which we're going to come up with right now. How's about that? For wow. on, on the spotness. That's what we like to do in this podcast. We like to keep it fresh, we like to keep it dif- different and make things up as we go along. So, what I'm going to ask you for. Obviously, what we usually do is we always have all of us on the panel, but it's only us four here tonight. So you're all going to nominate a player each, but you, um, you can't nominate the same as somebody else. Okay? What's the so categories? We're going to come up with the categories as, as, we, as, we go, as, as we go along. So we'll have player of the season, underrated player of the season, most improved player. <laughs> okay, who's going to pick for that? And and yeah, and young prospect, and, and, young prospect, and, and prospect. The goal pe- goalkeeper you'd most likely to carry your first-born child. <laughs> Is Adam Collin up for that vote? Owen <laughs> Nathan in there. So they're they're the ones that we'll uh, we'll go for. So we all make one nomination each. Then we put it to the vote. Um, we'll all take it in turns to pick first, so it's it's fair. Because um, otherwise, we might go player of the season. We're all going to say Hewitt, aren't we? So. Um, Announcer we, of the season. We, I think we two should have that one as well. You're so uh, let's go with podcast of the year. Podcast. We did the podcaster of the year <coughs> last time. Podder's choice. Yeah. Uh, so we might do that again. Right. We're going to go player of the season first. Um, Nick, I'm going to come to you first for your uh, nomination. Because I knew Alan and Clive are both going to jump in and say uh, Hewitt. So I want to see whether Nick steals no, no, we, it. We can't have Hewitt. Or... If I'm not, I don't think we should have Hewitt. Actually, I'm in agreement, actually, because, I'd, yeah, he's, he's won I, everything else. So I'm going to go, this. if this is a separate category, I've shot it in the foot already. I think the player that's made the biggest difference since he signed would be Kilgore. Okay, so we're going to go... Oh. And I think if he'd have been here all season and played the way he has since January, I think he'd have been player of the season, not Hewitt. So should There's we... a hot take what, there for you. Okay, I'm going to put in brackets, impact player of the season as well. So player the of reward, the season... That. It's a new award. Impact. Yes. Making it up. Alan, you're next. It would be. Thank you very much for that. Impact player of the season. When he's played, Lucas Aikens. Okay. So both of my choices have now gone. <laughs> right. We haven't got a lot to choose. Go, go, to be fair. go on, Clive. You're, you can go next. Or do you want me to go next? Because I might, I might steal your... No, yeah, don't steal we're another one. We know who Craig's going to... You might as well write it. Just, I've already wrote you, mate. I wrote and Pierre Wallace. I can't have him for every award, you know. I can. I can. And I will. He's got a friend called Gromit. <laughs> yeah. Kieran Wallace was uh, was mine. Well, my choice then, and it might seem a bit left field, but it's Anthony Hartigan. Not <laughs> <laughs> central midfield, the left midfield. But... I'm writing it down. Oh, dear. And I'm just going to put in black it. I'm not sure he's taking it seriously, Al. Last year I went for Narty. <laughs> you did go for Narty, to be fair. Last he could year. be getting promoted this year. Yeah, I know. Right. Do you know, since you went uh, last on this one, uh, on that one, Clive, I'm going to let you go first on this one, underrated player of the season. So, a player who doesn't get as much recognition as he should. Stumped him. 
Uh, this this choice. By the way, now from now onwards we can have Hewitt in the awards because this is not the main player. My player also satisfied another category of being the the young up and coming player, and it's James Perch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I'll go last on this one. Nick, you go. You go. Underrated. I I don't know if he is now underrated, but I think Aikens gets the most stick for the amount of. Well, Actually, he contributes. Yeah, maybe not so much in the second half, but I'm still going to go. There's still a lot of people who sit around me who will not accept him doing anything right, even though he quite clearly, time after time, is the only one running around, the only one throwing his body in front of things. So I would go Aikens. Okay, Alan. Will Swan. That would be my second shot. Actually, yeah. I don't think people realise how good he is, do they? Mm. He's yeah. been lethal. I know he missed a couple of chances at Harrogate, but. Uh, you know, if you've got a one-on-one, I would put him, yeah. you know, the top 100%. of the category at the Stags at this present time. You see, had we got a category got sick note of the year, he'd have been my call for that. Well, we will have, we, will, we are going to have that. Well, category. You're we are going to have that category at the end. Um, right. So we've had player of the season. We've had underrated player. You don't need to know who I've written down, do you? Yes. No. No. <laughs> Gromit's friend again. Kieran Wallace. Uh, I can't. I'm write... expecting him to walk through the door in a minute. <laughs> Kieran, come on in, son. Um, so um. <laughs> <laughs> That's next, hey, season. next season Kieran Wallace Mansfield Matter sponsorship anyone yeah we're in for that yeah the Kieran Absolutely. Wallace award I mean it can't get, it can't be any worse than the last player we sponsored can it when we sponsored uh, Nicky or Jose no 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 anyway young prospect of the season um, uh, Alan I'll let you go first on this one mic to the lips please young prospect I would say Riley Harbottle. Okay. Nick? I'm going to go James Gale. I thought he was horrific when he'd last played before this recent patch. I thought he came on, he looked a bit lacklustre, a bit like he wasn't bothered. And then he's just transformed. I think he's been... I'd, I'd, I'd play most weeks the way he's been playing recently. He's been, he's been fantastic. Um, real impact, looks really strong, looks like he's built for the men's game. You know, a lot of young guys come through and you think, oh, he's never going to make it. But he just looks like he's buckled down and really worked hard and... I, I, he needs to feature a lot more next season, so Gail. Clive? Uh, there are no more young players. You can't go Perch again. <laughs> Perch is too old for this. Yeah, how many times did he figure? Yeah, he's on loan, yeah, but it's still a good season. have to feature a featured. It could be someone oh, that you think... Abdullah then. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there you go. Um, and I'll, I'll go for the for the one you've... All... Am I... No, oh. he's not young, no. <laughs> You're not going... You're going to go law, aren't you? Kira Wallace's age. <laughs> Anybody I can fend with, get him in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm not going to go for Kieran Wallace, obviously. Gonna go law, I was going to go Law, but I'm, I'm sensing that I probably shouldn't now. I'm going to go, because he has been around for like six years, hasn't he? So, um, I think uh, Anderson, the young right-back that we've had, I think he's he's got a potential good uh, future ahead of him as well. Yeah. Right, last one uh, is Sick Note of the Year, a.k.a. Um, the, the player... Who's the, the best injured player, Clive? You've you've got many nominations for this. I'll let you, uh, you let you choose first. Uh, at the risk of making him big-headed, I'm going to go for Hartigan again. <laughs> Clean sweep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alan, injured player of injured injured player of the year. So this is well, an irrelevant the, award, which is yeah, just through time. no fault of his own. I'll give it Micah. Yeah, you stole mine. <laughs> oh, go on then, Nick. You're you're next. I'm going to say the players whose injury actually. 
I think affected us the one of the most. He's thought about this, even though he's now played and he's not been injured since, but he made a massive difference when he was injured. Was Ollie Clark? Yeah, I think we really missed him when he was out. Can anybody remember that player, John Joe, somebody or other? Yeah, Tool. Yeah, Tool. Guess who's just didn't he, didn't guess he used who's, to play? Guess who's just stuck in on? I my don't think list. he was. No, I don't think he was injured though. Glove just didn't play him. He was always on the bench. He, I don't well, think he was right. injured. He's he is now. Bit. There's a little bit yeah. of thing around that because he was injured. He, he there was, was something wrong with his toe, weren't yeah, there? Yeah, he, he wasn't playing, and there was something wrong with his toe. Then he was he got like half a game, and then Clough went, "Oh, he's injured." After he didn't get sold in January, which was a bit suspicious. Yeah, but, I don't think he was injured all the time. Yeah, so he's he's, uh, he's got on mine. Uh, there's the four awards. Um, we'll also add in podcaster of the year. Um, and if Nathan gets any votes for that, because he's not turned I up, I think he it, should get all of them. <laughs> shocking. Um, we'll come back to that another time. But uh, we'll put the awards on a form and we'll reveal the winners next week. Just for a little bit of fun. No trophies or anything like that. Just for a laugh. Right. That's the funny side done. Serious business time now, chaps. And that is, of course, one question. Do you believe in miracles, Alan? Yes. Nick? No. Clive? Absolutely not. No, me neither. <laughs> I, I would like to. I would love to be. I would love to be. I know uh, an eternal um, optimist, but the pessimist in me just says, this time around, I agree with what Clive said earlier. Considering all the the permutations, we have done well to finish eighth, but that is where we will finish. I just don't see us having enough about us. And even if we do manage to fluke it on Monday, I don't see Wembley on the horizon this year. So sorry, Alan, that, that song, you know, a, a, a second album for Alan Wilson's Wembley songs ain't happening. I just That's don't see all right. It. I can cope with that. Do you think, though, if we were if we were Bradford and they were us, I think miracles would have happened and we probably would have dropped out. But when it's the other way around, I'm not feeling quite I, so confident. I think we've made a big mistake all through this season in not bringing our own referees. <laughs> other teams seem to have gotten on to that one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite think that's that's going to make a difference, Clive, to be fair. But you know, Is that where we're going wrong, Clive? Is that? Yeah. I think so. I, mean, I don't know if that there was a rule that you had to bring your own referee. I didn't know we needed to sign one. Well... What, there, might be some out of contract. there might be some out of contract in the summer I mean, we can right speak to. I have to say that you know referees get a bad stick because of the things that they that fans believe they do badly. But they're their own worst enemies. They have the tools to deal with blatant time-wasting. They choose not to do it. They have the tools to, to reprimand goalkeepers who kick from outside their box. They tend to ignore it. There's more foul throws than you can shake a stick at. And yet, you know, they'll pick up on the, the niggliest little farty positional thing. And, and that's whether without VAR, thank God. But the standard's poor. I mean, I, I used to referee to a reasonable standard. But they, they sometimes I do remember, and I, do, I, I know a few still referee in the Football League, and sometimes I do forget that, and I know this, is, this isn't an excuse, because some of them are genuinely terrible. You know, like on a night game, a lot of them have been at work all day, which is very different this to... This true. I used to work It's with very the different to the football. And I know it makes no difference, but they finish work at like four, get in the car and go to the game. Yeah. Yeah. And it is very different to the players. And I, think, I agree. But they do make some horrific decisions. And I go, I don't know how you've... And I think it's the pettiness that annoys the fans. Like Clive said, the goalkeeper, just book him the first time and he will not do it again. If he does, he gets sent off. Yeah. Time wasting with subs. You know, you've seen players on yellow cards just amble across. Well, if you'd sent him off so the sub don't come on, they wouldn't do it again. But they, they don't, do they? Players who get injured this far from the pitch and roll back on, just book them. And if they don't get up, book them again. Throw-ins taken from completely the wrong position to gain an advantage. 
blow it and give it to the other side. Well, they do when stags do it. Straight away. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, right, let's look at the permutations then, um, because you can believe in miracles, but the true... Ma fatter, the true matter of fact, <laughs> true word fatter, that, fatter. <laughs> um, is it's the maths which will matter in the end. Um, so um, first things first, we took a little bit of stick uh, over the last 24 hours or so on social media about saying that we need X amount of goals when other people are saying it's just a win that we need. It's not because final league position is determined in order by points obtained goal difference, and then goals scored. If it's still level on goals scored, it's a mini-league of the results between the two or more teams ranked using the previous three criteria. And finally, a series of one or more playoff matches. Um, it won't come to that, but it will. Could come down to goals scored, which gives us an advantage that people are thinking that it's goals scored before goal difference. It's not goals scored before goal difference. Because if it were then, you know, we'd be a lot higher in the table. So we need to take that into consideration. So we have three, realistically, we have two teams that we're looking out for. But mathematically, we have three. Carlisle, if they lose and we win by X amount of goals, we will leapfrog Carlisle. Salford, if they lose and we win by X amount of goals, um, again, we'll leapfrog them. Likewise, um, with Bradford. So... The headlines are this. If, hypothetical situation, Bradford lose by one goal, that will put them on plus 17. Who are they playing? They are Leighton at Orient. home to Leighton Orient. Well, Leighton Orient have gone on holiday, so they'll win this one, Bradford. Well, we'll come to that in a second. If they, if they lose by one goal, um, then Mansfield need to score two to go level on goal difference, and then the Stags will be in on goals scored because they've got significant goals scored against Bradford. Um, Mansfield, of course, have scored 70 so far. Bradford have scored just 60. Andy Cook, incidentally, has got half of them, um, or just about half. Salford, if they lose by one, takes who, them to... Plus. Who are they playing? They are at home to Gillingham. We're our, with our friends George Lapsley and Ollie Hawkins. Yeah, Salford will win that. <laughs> in, the, in the 98th minute. My name is Clive. <laughs> they lose 1-0 um, Stags will need to win um, Stags will need to win 3-0 ish, we'll come back to that because then it will come down to because uh, they've scored more goals than it will come down to a mini league so um, Stags will need to score a significant amount there, if Carlisle lose by one goal to nil, that puts them on plus 22, we need to win 7-0 to, uh, to get in on, on goals Carlisle, Carlisle have got Sutton away so well, Carlisle will lose. You never know. You never know. But I've done some workings out. I've tried to do some workings out and looked it in, in this way. Let's go with Bradford first. because um, So, if Bradford lose by one goal, Stags must win by two goals to go level on goal difference uh, and therefore would be in the playoffs on goals scored. That's our best bet. Um, 100%, yep, yeah. 100%. If Bradford lose by two, therefore the Stags must win by one to go level on goal difference and get in on goal scored. But we still have to win, whatever. If the Stags want to better to go in on better goal difference, then obviously need to score three or two, depending on how many Bradford concede. Um, if Salford um, lose by one goal, the Stags must score, they must win by at least three um, to go um, above Salford on goals scored. 
because three goals would take them to 73, uh, which is above Salford to 72. So, Unless they lose 4-2. Yeah. No, well, no, because it doesn't matter. That's goal difference. Well, no, but what they got, if they lose by two and they score, they lose 4-2, Goals, so yeah, so score. yeah, we've basically got to score two more goals than what Salford yeah. do. Very, very complicated the math, isn't it? And we'll um, be two 0 down after twenty minutes, and we'll all go. Well, that was yeah. pointless. And if you, if you know, if Bradford get a win, Salford sneak a point, but Carlisle lose, we could still do it. But Carlisle have got to lose by uh, seven if the Stags win one nil. So. Or vice versa. So put your you bets know. on now. Yeah, we'll have to play in Bristol Rovers covers. Yeah. That exactly. <laughs> you never know what might happen. So there's loads of different permutations, but realistically, Alan, it's Bradford that we're looking out for, isn't it? Because that, in terms of the gap of goals and the swing that it would take, Bradford lose by one. All we need to do is score two. Bradford lose by two. All we need to do is win by one. That's the most realistic proposition. And the fact they're playing Leighton Orient, who I've had three or four days off. They won't be playing the first 11. Bradford would be rocked by that result oh. in midweek as well. I don't know about not playing the first 11. They made significant I, I changes think they might, I'm going to say, yeah, but I think they might want to go out all singing and all dancing. Is this at Bradford? Is, yeah. yeah. They'll want to turn up at Bradford. I think so. And, you know, I mean, <coughs> to be fair, 99% of Stags fans wouldn't have thought that Crew would have beat Bradford last night. No, I was just going to say but that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have said that, would you? You know, things, strange things happen in football. Not when he got brought back to 2-2. There'd two, be some two. poetic yeah. justice if Bradford failed, I have to say, because I, you know, I've developed a, a very healthy hatred of, of the club <laughs> with manager Mark Hughes at the helm and and ball boys and their leading oh, goal yeah. scorer and the fact that it's Bradford big bollocks, isn't it? So I think... It'd be poetic justice in my book. Uh, but all this presupposes Manchester is going to beat uh, a team which isn't playing bad at the moment. Now they're up there with current uh, form, aren't they? Mm. Although, how did they get on last oh, uh, last match? I wasn't sure how they did last match. I can't remember. I know they're, they're up there, you know, with the reasonable... Uh, they were doing well up in the uh, form table. I don't know that. But, as I said earlier, we'll be well um, supported down there. Mm. It's a day out. It's the last... It's a bit like the day before your holidays. It's everybody's going down to have a good time, and quite honestly, we should be as relaxed as we can possibly be. Because if we don't go up, well, generally speaking, we've not done enough to deserve it. If we do, we've had a bit of luck for the first time this season. I mean, when I say go up, go into the playoffs, yeah. I don't have huge uh, expectation if we do sneak into the playoffs because I don't think, by and large, of the teams that will be in there, we're the best equipped. Well, I think theoretically it'd probably be the Carlisle or Stockport, wouldn't it? It's Stockport, I think. Mm, yeah. I think they'll go up, I do. I think, think they'll Stockport go up automatically. The they'll be Northampton yeah. again, then. I think they'll beat Northampton. Uh, they'll, they'll be above Northampton. Yeah. Um, Colchester lost to Doncaster <coughs> on Saturday. Oh, of all the teams to lose. One nil. Yeah. Well, it was away, but I think we just got. If we make a good start and we score in the first ten minutes, which very rarely happens. That crowd at Valley Parade, I think, will get twitchy. It's exactly what Chris has just said in the comments. I think they it, will get it, twitchy without a doubt. Sixteen thousand fans everyone, get twitchy very quickly. So yeah. everybody will have the phones on, you know, the radios and whatever, and it'll generate straight away. You know, the scores round, especially it? for the teams like Salford and Carlisle. All the teams start yeah. winning, and Bradford aren't, or or any of those three teams really. Mm. You know, we saw last season the, you know, what happened with with Bristol Rovers. Uh, Momentum at Bristol Rovers just spurred them on and on and on. You know, they didn't dream of scoring seven when the game started. Yeah. It just went, you know, the crowd sucked the ball in seven yeah. times, didn't it? 
Um, and that nervousness spread to Northampton at Barrow, and and they just couldn't score any more goals. Yeah, and then they conceded as well. And yeah, they did, and that made it even worse. Yeah. Let's, be, let's remind ourselves who Bristol Rovers were playing in that game. Scunthorpe under ten. Yeah, yeah. Who had already been relegated? Yeah, but the with thing the worst team in Christendom. You can only beat what's in front of you, can't yeah. you? Simple as that. Quick start. That's all we need. And other teams to lose. No, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about them. It, it sort of does. We're clutching at straws, aren't we? But. That's what you do with Stags fans, don't you? In an ideal world, we'll get this three goal, we'll, we'll win, we'll get a three goal turn on Bradford. They'll disappear back into League Two for next year. We will then play, I think you're right, I think it'll be Northampton rather than Stockport. So it's a repeater last year. Northampton? I thought they'd be clear. No, no Stockport can still overtake them. No, I right. think yeah. they will. Yeah. Northampton are in the six team mix. Right. Yeah. Sky Sports certainly think they will. They're going to get in the playoffs. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a two team shootout for, for third place. Stephen and Jeff, oh. um, They're in there. Who yeah. do Northampton play? Northampton. I think they've got Tramnia. Right. Sky seem to think it'll happen because they've got Stockport on the telly as yeah. well as Northampton. I, I've got a feeling Stockport might do it. Anyway, if it is that, then we play Northampton again. And we didn't expect to get much out of Northampton last playoffs, and we, we took them to town. It's always good playing the team that finishes in fourth because they've got that annoyance of yeah. dropping out on the final day. And it's going to happen again, again. this season. But So it's it, it, it's interesting. But of course, you know, we ne- won't necessarily finish seventh either because we, we could finish anywhere up to fifth depending on... Will you shut up? <laughs> true fact. We're going to finish eighth, Craig. We, we could, <laughs> Aren't we? Let's I mean, be honest. We are. I know we're very optimistic here. But I'm just, Alan it, is, but obviously I think we're going to finish eighth. To goal, the final league position goes down, as we've said, to goal difference and then goals scored. And other than Salford, we're, we're the second highest scorers in the league. So if we are all tied on, you know, 75 points, if ideal world all three of them team teams lose you know yeah. we'll sneak in on goals scored you know how you said you know how you said before about you know it's goals scored or goal difference whatever whichever and if that's all that's the same it's how they've played each other yes yeah, well, then we we'll struggle got, well we're we struggling yeah exactly Sol- we're struggling against Salford don't we well that's Salford that's, and Bradford that's the thing they did well against Carlisle Stockport somewhere in the middle uh, I don't think there's Stockport's a situation. Relevant. We can't catch Stockport, but uh, we couldn't possibly be level on goals with Bradford because we're already ten ahead. There's no situation where they could lose and yeah. catch up ten goals on us. Yeah. So if we're level on goal difference with them, we will yeah. go yeah. above them. Will you go stop being them. so practical? Yeah, listen. It's all about the maths. Have you not read the title of the episode? Exactly, Nick. Exactly. Does Cookie tell, uh, Does Cookie take the penalties for Bradford? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's whatever happens. You know, it's all right saying that support the lads and what will be will be because that is exactly true but also we're not in the position where it is just on us we are we need to do our job fundamentally and then hope that others will do us a favour you get no favours in football but there could be one final twist in the tail because we were all cursing the transfer movement in January when we sold George Lapsley and Ollie Hawkins, the two shirts which Nick has, has brought along with him uh, tonight from his vast collection. Um, picture the scene. Mansfield have done their job. We, you know, we uh, are winning 3 0 away at Colchester. Just like that. <laughs> it's 0 0 between Salford and Gillingham. It's the 90th minute. It's a corner for Gillingham. George Lapsley places the ball on the corner arc. So right forward out swinging, whips it into the box and rising up at the back post is Ollie Hawkins to nod it wide. 
very plausible. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to go for Pez, but I thought, I'm just going to rug put it at the last minute. Because you know the Mansfield way is that we will actually do a, a good job on Monday and we'll score 3-0. We'll win 3-0. But none of the others will play the game. Yeah, nobody else will play along. Nobody, yeah, nobody will join. Nobody will lose. I don't think. Or, like, I think you're right, though, Clive. I don't think eighth is a bad season. And I think we no. just regroup. We go again. Buy some pace in the team somewhere. We haven't got a lot of players out of contract, so it's not going to be a vastly different side next year. It's just got to be the same team. Well, we're going to. We're trouble with some of the contracted players are unlikely to be fit. That's. I know, I, we've got. We've more. massively got to recruit. 100. percent I think we need to buy about seven or eight players. But I don't think finishing eighth is the end of the world. And if anything's been proven this year is that running a small squad doesn't work with, with the way that Clough wants his players to perform. No. He wants them to give 100%, which is fair enough. He wants them to be flexible and play in any position on the park, which is a Clough way. Um, and that, if it, if, it's wor- if it works well, it works well. But we've seen so many occasions players who are playing in the wrong positions making mistakes because they're not in the most comfortable part of the park for, the, for their own skill sets. And I think we, we have to recruit into positions better than we've done before. But we've got all summer to do it. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree yeah. with And that. I would imagine that if he is given a new contract, he'll also be given a reasonable budget. And uh, we need to just be a little bit better than uh, we are this year. I do think historically, the season that we finished just outside the playoffs, the following season we do well. When we got promoted in 2001, the season before we finished just outside the playoffs. Mm. When we got to the MK Dons game, the season before, under Flickcroft, we finished just outside the playoffs. Yeah. So, might not be the worst idea. No, we'll always be in the top six, seven, eight teams in this league, I think. Yeah. It's Shame just, you just need to be at the top, <laughs> you just need to be at that top end, don't we? We just need that little bit extra. But let's have, another, let's have another January window in the pre-season. Where we'll see what January, happens. January transfer window was uh, remarkable this year. We recruited four really good players, I thought, in January. It's just a shame two of them were immediately cropped. Absolutely. We will discuss that more in more depth. Um, Let's be honest, this time next week in the end of season review when it is all over. Yes. Uh, if it's not all over, we'll obviously talk about it when it is over in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, for those interested, by the way, in the old uh, playoff dates, just in case you need to airmark it in your calendars, just in case miracles do happen and maths saves us, Saturday the 13th, 7.45 kickoff will be fourth place against seventh. Uh, or Sunday the 14th, uh, 7 p.m. kickoff for fifth versus sixth. And then the second legs both take place on uh, the same day, um, which will be the uh, the 20th. Uh, fourth versus fifth will be a 12.30 kickoff. And then fifth versus sixth is at 3 p.m. And if you're even more optimistic and you think we can get to Wembley again, Sunday the 28th, 1.30. Get booking a holiday out. Yeah. So book your holidays. Don't holiday. worry about it. Book your holidays, place booked. your bets, do what you want to do. Speaking of placing your bets, um, it's uh, not just League Two where it is tight. The podcast predictions table is tight as well. And it is hotting up for the final day of the season because we are doing triple points. It's, a, it's oh. just a way to get me off the top. That's all this is. <laughs> you never is this know. a coup? <laughs> you never know what might happen. Uh, Clive, you are currently top of the table on 57 points. Alan, you are in second on 48. Eight. No, so it, no. it could happen. You never know what might. Is happen. it going to come down to goal scored? <laughs> come down for yeah, points, is it goal difference. Points predicted, um, something like that. Um, so this time around, um, it's uh, three points if you get the outcome correct rather than one. Three points if you get the score correct rather than one. Nine points if you get the outcome and score correct. And of course, if you get um, the first goal time on the money as well, 
it's double points. So you could get a maximum of 18 points if you get it on the nail. So you you've got to be on the button, Ali. You've got to be on the button now. We're adding, oh, no, Clive, we, are, <laughs> we are adding one final twist into the tail as well. That's okay. A, the Quake, Quake twist. Yeah, the Quake twist. Quake, Quake, Quake. Um, and that is predicting whether or not we will finish in the playoffs. It's a yes or no answer. If you get it correct, your points from Monday's game will also be doubled. So technically, 36. You'll get 36 points. I think I could win with that. Exactly. Um, so you never know. Cam's prediction earlier um, was a 3 0 win, which of course would get us in the playoffs. Presuming the others lost. First goal on the 12th minute, and he says we will get in the playoffs. Nick, oh, to man. say you started this late, you've done well. And you've got 21 points on the board so far. And so I quick maths. If you get it all right, if you get the 18 points and then you get the playoffs right and you get your 36, quick maths. 21 plus. Seven. I need Clive and Alan to forget <laughs> to, to submit anything. <laughs> so you could technically still win. Well, that's a bit of pressure. Um... I feel like everyone's going to go optimistic, so I've got to go the opposite card. I've got to go pessimistic. <laughs> go I'm on. going to go for a 2-1 Stags win. Which wouldn't be enough. Wouldn't be enough. Um, 46th minute, straight after half-time, and we're not going to get in the playoffs. Okay, Alan, you are in second place, so you get to go next. 2-0 win for the Stags. 90th minute. 18th minute, first goal. <laughs> And yes. Okay. Uh, Clive, you are the leader of the pack. Your place at the top is hanging by a thread if Nick gets his prediction <laughs> Can I just say at this point, I'm not at all worried by him. <laughs> Famous last words, Clive. And Clip long, that out. As long as I go for the same win that Alan does, he can't. Oh, you can't. Where's the podcast predictions rule book? It's nothing to do with me. It's all Ben. I'm going to go for a 3 1 win and uh, 18th minute. No, you have 18. 19th minute. Okay. And uh, no. Okay, he's gone for no. Okay, right. Um, I think that we will win, but I think uh, I'm also going to go now. I'm going to start backwards. I'm also I'm going to say no. I think we will win. I think we will win 4-1. Oh, We're yeah. going to score in the in the second minute. Oh, oh my. Oh. Who is this person? <laughs> but Set your mask off. But what are you doing with Craig? Despite <laughs> despite come our, a real Craig come in the door. <laughs> despite our victory, despite us doing all we can. Our misdemeanours throughout the season will come back to bite us on the arse and Ollie Hawkins will fail to score for Gillingham and Salford will nip a draw. And Andy Cook will score for Bradford. Yep. And with his arse. And let's be with honest. With his arse. Carlisle will go, you know, this is reven- revenge for stuffing us on a Tuesday night. You know, we've already scored X amount. We're just going to see it out. So. I do often think back to how happy I was at half time in that game. Yeah. Hey, there. imagine if we'd have scored two more, we'd have been in the fucking. Anyway, let's yeah. not go. <laughs> let's not go there, shall we? If you want to get involved with podcast predictions, the link that you need is in the description. You must do it no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Monday, which is half twelve. It'll all come down to Alpha Kilgore's own goal. Well, um, you know the man's a, is a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, from hero to zero in the typical Mansfield way. I tell you what would have been funny on Saturday, by the way, uh, and that is uh, quite simply Radford on the pitch before the game, 
John Radford at 10 to at 10 to 3. Get behind Nigel Clough, give him your back in, then we lose. And then at 10 to 5, go in, sacked. That would have been typical man. I thought he was going to go full Delia Smith, asking where we were. Uh, where are you? Let's, Let's be, be having you. you. I thought that the weather immediately after the game on Saturday summed, summed up, up the move, summed up everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had this lap of appreciation by which time nearly everybody had left. I'd left. It was literally, I'd gone, yeah. Me, yeah. My dad stays for everything, he'd gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd gone out. I felt a bit no, sorry, I I bit sorry for the players. I got to out to yeah. nobody, you know. <laughs> what would. COVID season again, is it, lads? Oh. I got drenched. Oh, dear. Okay. And I'd, cla- I'd have stayed and clapped if Alan had done a lap of appreciation. Absolutely right. Campaign right starts right now. But Alan Wilson gets a, a lap Carrying of appreciation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Right, that is all we've got time for tonight. Thanks so much for, for coming along. Before we do go, we've not seen Nick for a long time. Obviously, he's not got his shirt, full shirt collection with him. But I know you've been <clears> working hard behind the scenes to secure some some new shirts and some unique shirts. What have you been up to whilst you've been trying to renovate your garage to get back on the podcast? I've got far too... I, I, to be fair, I've gone a bit mad since Christmas. I've got to, but I haven't put any on because I'm a bit OCD for backdrops. I need white paint. And we've moved into a 1950s house that has wallpaper everywhere. So I can't take any pictures. That's why I've not put anything on. Um, you need to get the, yourself a little, like... Screen. I know, I do need to. I know, I know, I do need to. Twelve quid off Amazon. You're spending like four grand on a shirt, and then you can get this thing off Amazon for like twelve quid. Well, that's not in the budget, though, is it? <laughs> it's not made of polyester. It doesn't count. Um, if I was to go for my top three very quickly, because I know people get bored of hearing about shirts all the time. Um, if anyone remembers the picture of Ian Bowling with the uh, streaker yes. at home, I have that shirt. Um, I have that shirt. Ninety-five, ninety-six goalkeeper shirt. Um, the last week, I secured two more. One was Phil Kite's promotion-winning goalkeeper shirt from 91-92, which only he wore. Um, and Andy Beasley was the other goalkeeper, and there was a third goalkeeper whose name escapes me. It was Andy Beasley, Phil Kite, somebody else. Uh, I know from Sheffield United. And the final one was Chrissy Greenacre's 27 shirt from 99-2000, which somebody got, who was stood near the tunnel, they threw it to him after the game. Um, so that's probably the top three of ones I've had recently, but I'd, I'd, I need to get the room set up. It's technically a home office, but I think Abby has sort of realised it's going to be Mansfield Town Shirts HQ yeah. now, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've um, yeah. It's, to be fair, there's been a lot, um, and hopefully when the new shirt comes out, I get some of them. Well, we won't have a game. New... We won't have a game next Saturday, mate. So we'll all be round and we'll get the paint out and we'll absolutely get it, get it done. Get Al round. Absolutely painting. Clive for morale. Yeah. <laughs> Slap it on parking. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I'll turn around and, paint as well if I'll like. turn around and I'll be I'll play my role, which I've done all season. I'll be pessimistic by standing in the corner going, mate. You missed two, a bit. Two games ain't gonna cover that. You've missed a bit. Can we get Kieran Wallace around <laughs> just to give us a hand. <laughs> Where's Kieran Wallace when you need him? Right, that is all we've got time for tonight. Thanks as always to the Mansfield Masters Podcast panel. Make sure you get involved uh, via the link in the description. Um, and remember this one true fact. Believe in miracles, and sometimes they do come true, but also you need to believe in the maths. Can Mansfield Town do it? They can probably do it, but it's those around them that they'll be relying on too. You never know what can happen. Football is a crazy game. There's an easy way, a hard way, and a Mansfield Town way. And a God knows what's going to happen on Monday way. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.